You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. When you think of healthy families, you don't think of everybody loves Raymond. You just don't. And uh, the common three thread, if, you, if you've ever uh, seen um, Everybody Loves Raymond, I know someone on our staff says we, watch it, we watched it and never watched it again. Don't like it. And uh, that's okay uh, because it is. It is a little frightening and a little awkward like almost every other sitcom uh, on TV today. But the common thread through all the episodes is watching how the dysfunctions, and they have many of them, um, dysfunctions. Every family member has a specific um, satirical uh, uh, dysfunction to them. And uh, the, the incredible thing not incredible thing. The funny thing is when it all comes to a head and they just all out fight. And um, it is on TV. It's quite hilarious. It's the comical value of it all. But I think we'd all agree that once you take that off the TV screen and you put it into your home, it ain't funny no more. (laughs) It ain't funny no more because fights are not fun. And here in this Family Matters series, uh, we are so excited. Have you been enjoying it? I know it's been challenging me and my family, and I pray that it's encouraging you as well. Thank you. Um, God is just, I, I believe the message in this series is fresh, it's relevant, and it's for mom and dad, but it's also for those who aren't parents. Maybe you're grandparents now, so you're still parents, but maybe you've never had kids. It's okay, you're still part of a family. Maybe you're younger and uh, you're not married yet. Maybe, um, maybe you're looking to have a family in the future. Take lots of notes. Uh, Because I believe that as we search God's word for what matters most to his heart about families, uh, we're going to grow in incredible ways and our family's going to benefit from it for a long time. And so these last two weeks, this is the third week of this series, we have been uncovering several themes. The first one was influential parent. You, mom and dad, are influential And if you allow God to do it, you can have the most influence in your kid's life more than any other human being. The sad thing happens when kids find their influence from someone else than mom and dad. Because mom and dad, your God's design, your God-given responsibility is to have the most influence on their lives. Influence. Influence. We have way less time than we think. And in this orange series, we're using the orange illustration of gumballs representing 3,000 hours that you, mom and dad, have every year. We're almost to December, so you probably have less than 1,000 hours left of 2019. And the church... We don't have it easy. (laughs) Out of 52 Sundays of the year, the average family attends 40, so we have 40 hours to impact your kids for Christ. 
And so the power of orange is we get the family that's represented in red. We get the church that's represented in yellow, the light of Christ. We bring them together and infuse this orange illustration of influence for Christ on your kid's life. But it doesn't happen by circumstance or uh, uh, coincidence. It happens by being intentional of putting Christ first in your home, putting Christ first in your everything, putting Christ first in your family, influence. You see, as mom and dad, parents, teens, as you grow up, as you become young adults, singles in the house, as you are a young adult already, you need to understand that whoever you allow to influence you the most will influence who your kids become. Can I say that again? Whoever you give the most access to, to influence your life, that will determine how you influence your children in who they become. So it would be good to maybe take a heart check and say, who is influencing me the most right now? Because that is probably what I am projecting to my kids. And in week one, we looked at the family challenge, which was how do we influence our own lives and in return, our children's life. And it's three things that start with S. The first one is stabilize. Can you say stabilize? We're gonna stabilize our lives and our family's lives in the word of God. I believe there's a slide in there for you. Is there, is there a slide? Maybe not. Nope, I'm sorry, I didn't add that. Thanks, Jen. Uh, <laughs> stabilize, so that's why I'm gonna have you repeat after me. Stabilize, say stabilize. Stabilize in the word of God. The Word of God is our anchor. The Word of God is, is what we're to be grounded in. It, it secures us. It guides us. It leads us. It protects us. Parents, are you teaching your kids the Word of God? And if you don't know the Word of God and you're not in the Word of God, how can you teach your kids the Word of God? The second S is to be saturated. Say saturated. Saturated with the love of Christ. So we're stabilized in his word, we're saturated with Christ, in Christ and with Christ. He holds all things together, and if you have received Christ, he is in you. How are you reflecting Christ in your home and in your family? Are you soaked and drenched and saturated, or are you just taking sips? Your kids will be able to tell you. Thirdly, so we got stabilized in the word of God, saturated in Christ, and then can you say strengthened? Strengthened. Strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a real person. It's the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All of those who have received Christ have the Holy Spirit running through their veins. It is what causes your spiritual heart to start beating. And we as parents, in order to influence our kids for Christ, we cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. 
So we're going to stabilize ourselves and our families in the Word of God. We're going to saturate ourselves in the love of Christ, and we're going to be strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. That was the first week. The second week is all about imagining the end, which is all about focusing with everything we have on what really matters in life. We're going to focus on what really matters. We're going to keep the main thing the main thing, because if not, we will be bombarded by all the distractions. And if we're not focused, we're going to lose our focus, and we're going to find ourselves in a way different course 20 years down the road than we ever intended. What matters most is not what your child does when he leaves or she leaves the nest and moves on to adulthood. It is not about what they do. It's not about their success. It's not about their career. It's not about their wealth. It's not about even who they choose to be their spouse. What matters most in the end is who your child becomes, who they become. God has never been interested in what we do. He's interested in who we are. And if we're in Christ, it's not about who we are. It's about whose we are. We are God's, and he has given us a new name, a new identity, and he is speaking truth into our lives. And so we need to focus and hone in on not what your child is doing now, what they're involved with, how they're doing in their grades. Yes, that's all important. But the most important thing that should guide your priorities is what matters most of who they become. And our desire, of course, is for them to become gods through Jesus Christ. Because this life on earth is temporal. What really matters is the life after this that will go on forever and ever and ever. Imagine the end. Parents, how are you doing with your focus? Imagining the end. And then this week, this week, I'm excited about this week because we're going to talk about fights, family fights. So get ready. <laughs> Fight for the heart. Fight for the heart is the title for today, and we're going to move right into point number one, and that is this. Fights are real. <laughs> Fights are real. The reality is every single family fights. Every single family fights. You will get into a fight with your kids if you did not this morning, maybe this afternoon or evening. You will get into a heated discussion or debate with your spouse or significant other sometime very soon. You will get in a fight with your parents, especially as you grow and leave the nest and you figure things out your own way and they're still trying to figure out how to be your parents and figure out how to give you support and love and try not to tell you how to live or ruin your life, right? And so we're all trying to figure it out. And with our greatest intentions, in every greatest intention, you will end up entering the ring with those you love most. You will probably not be entering in the ring 
with your co-workers and people on the street or even people on the church as much as you will be entering the ring with your family. Can I get an amen? amen. It's true. And it's real. And Jesus understood and understands that all of us are going to be pushed to our limits. We are going to be shoved to the edge of what we can cope with. And Jesus knew that. And so when he enters the ministry, his three years of ministry, he teaches us how to fight. He shows us what a good fight looks like and what we're supposed to do with the families that we are called and responsible to love and to lead as Christ would design. So let's look at Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 through 36. Take out your Bibles. I love the sound of uh, pages turning, but uh, you can also uh, pull out your cell phone and uh, find a Bible app on your phone if you don't have one downloaded. Uh, upload our app, Elevation Community Church, and there's one on there for you. I also want to plug real quick our weekly podcast that comes on Tuesdays. We also have a live uh, Facebook Live podcast on Tuesdays. You can join us right around 1030, 1045. We'd love to have you join us, and we just wrestle with um, what the Word of God is saying and how we apply it in our own life. Matthew 22, verses 34 through 36. But I want I want to real quick um, just give a little picture of what's going on. Jesus, from the first miracle, from the very first miracle he did, he was in constant fights. People were out to get him. And by people, I mean the religious leaders, the ones who were supposed to be the leaders of the family of God which Christ is representing. These are the ones that are to uh, be the mouthpiece for God. These are the ones that were supposed to see Jesus the Messiah coming, and they missed it. And instead of fighting for Jesus, they fought with Jesus. And their aim was to knock him off his game and put him to death, to knock him out in the ring once and for all. And I believe the religious leaders actually coined the phrase that many of you, including me, mom and dad, say all the time to our kids, do what I say, not what I do. That's the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Do what we say. Here's the law. Here's the rules don't do as we do. And so Jesus enters the ring and challenges the religious leaders as a divine intervention and mediator of God the Father to say, this needs to stop. So let's look at it, starting with verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to what? Test him. They are trying to set him up in a trap. It says, teach, which is the greatest commandment in the law? 
No, here, you have to understand, they are literally doing everything they can to trap Jesus to make a mistake so he would flounder and they would jump on their prey. Knock him out. So they thought they were genius. Let's see if Jesus can organize and order the greatest commandments from greatest to the least. And they knew that it was impossible, right? Because all of the commandments of God were just as important as any of the individual commandments. But Jesus knew this, of course. And so he entered the ring and he showed us what it is to fight and what it looks like to fight. And I want to note something. Before we go to the second point, I want us to note something. Take a moment to think about every single fight you have. Every single fight you have, especially with your children, is over something, is it not? Obviously. But that something is sometimes very minor and petty doesn't make a difference at all. And yet we get out into a, a no-holds-bar fight over something very stupid and petty. But sometimes our fights are over things that are serious, things that represent or come in conflict with your values, what's right and what's wrong. And every single fight that Jesus had with the religious leaders revolved around something. And do you know what that something was? It was rules. Can you say rules? Rules. Jesus constantly entered the ring with the leaders, the religious leaders, about rules. Don't believe me? Look at all the different fights about the Sabbath what they were supposed to do with the Sabbath. Man, they were trying to just totally knock Jesus off his game. What about healing? When to heal, how to heal, and who can even heal, let alone who can forgive? The idea of resurrection, it, split, it divided the Sadducees and the Pharisees. It was a big deal. Rules, discipline. What do you do when a woman's caught in adultery and we're supposed to stone her by the law? You remember that story? Rules, how to discipline people, rituals of cleanliness. Oh my goodness, it's crazy. Read Leviticus. If they didn't wash their hands before food, I mean, the Pharisees were right down the disciples' throats. And Jesus had a step in the ring. And what about traditions? I love that musical, Fiddler on the Roof. Tradition. Israel was grounded in traditions. And if anything came against the tradition, oh man, the boxing gloves were on. And speaking of boxing gloves, I just have an illustration that represents a lot of us families. As parents, I think we could agree that much, if not all, of our conflict with our kids is over rules. <laughs> Don't believe me? We have rules for everything, do we not? We feel like we have the responsibility to enforce them, and sometimes that's true, and sometimes that's so false. We just feel like we need to enforce them, right? Game on. Who's the parent? Who's the kid? Know your place. Ring the bell, right? Come on. Let's just be honest. 
dads are like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, come on, we're the parent, you're the kids, sit down. <laughs> so we have three sets of rules that we're going to focus on just in this illustration here. We have rules for healthy structure. How many know a family cannot operate in a healthy way without structure? And structure needs to be healthy in order to have a healthy family. Let's just be honest. So I have a toddler and a five-year-old. And bedtime is a big fight. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. What time they should go to bed, how many shows they should watch before bed, and all these different things. I mean, my son likes to milk it. I mean, he, speaking of, he likes to have three sippy cups full of milk before he goes to bed. <sighs> Bedtime. Rules, right? Here's a big one. What they want to eat versus what they're going to eat. <laughs> right? And if they don't eat it, see you at breakfast time. Right? Yeah, come on. We set boundaries and rules when it comes to their safety outside by the road, crossing the street. Come on, don't you dare get 10 feet to that road. <laughs> the parking lot, there's moving cars. The kid wants to go in and get his toy, and it's like, get over here. Why? Rules are good. It's for their safety. It's because you love them and care for them. But that's not what it speaks, because it's a fight. And as they grow, you establish patterns over chores. Uh, let's see, homework. Kids, can you relate? Uh, and they don't want to follow those patterns. We have rules. We have resistance. And as they grow, the resistance grows and the rules grow. It's crazy, let alone cell phones and internet. Oh, my goodness. Talk about the boxing gloves come in on. It's crazy. And can I just say this, parents? Your boxing gloves should be coming on when it comes to cell phones and the internet. Anyways. <laughs> now we have rules for adult issues because the reality, parents, I hope you know this, especially if you have kids who are in their preteen to teenage years, when they get into middle school and when they get into high school, guess what? They are facing real adult issues issues. Hello is right. Hello. <laughs> Whoever did that is perfect timing. I love you. All right. Rules for dealing with adult issues. Friendships. Hello. Who can I be friends with? No, you can't be friends with them. Well, why not? I like them. You can't be friends with them. I'm sorry, they're a bad influence to you. You can't be a friend with them. Boom, boom, let's the, let the bell ring, right? What about relationships, sex? Hello, they're dealing with it. Let's just be honest, they're dealing with it. Our culture breeds it, affirms it, approves it. Let the bell ring. You're the parent, they're the kid. You, we need to teach them, don't we? Rules, rules, rules. Alcohol, media, drugs, future decisions. And as parents so often, especially your first teen, you get better as you go, but your first teen, you're still trying to navigate through all of this stuff. They have no idea how to navigate. They think they do, but they have no idea, and you have no idea what happens. 
conflict and tension bubble over to where the fight is real and the fight is on. So we have fights for healthy structure. We have fights for rules, adult issues. We have fights over rules to wrestle for control. Now it's going to get really quiet up in here. (laughs) Rules for control. We want to be in control. And how many parents, how often, shall we say, do we as parents allow the inner Pharisee to take over and focus on rules and rules only. Fight is on. The problem is, parents, you are losing control. The more they grow, the older they get, the closer to high school graduation they get, you are losing control. And when they leave the house, your control is gone. But one thing that will always stay is your influence. But yet, when the kids are in the house, we focus so much on the rules. The very thing we fight for as a parent is control. And fighting for control leads us to fighting over rules every time. So we fight over healthy structure rules. We fight over rules for real adult issues. We're protecting them. We love them. It's because we want them to become gods and uh, God's own, not gods. We don't want them to become gods. Sometimes they think they're gods, but we want them to become God's son and God's daughter. And so rules are important. Don't hear me wrong and think that Pastor Phil says rules aren't important anymore, especially you teens. Do not quote me that, okay? (laughs) Rules are very important, and Jesus lives his life based on some rules. They guide him. They guide his principles and his values. But when rules are the main thing, you will always always have tension and conflict, and probably a fight will erupt. Rules need to be implemented in every fight in the way that Jesus fights. So point number two is we are going to fight like Jesus. Could you just say that? Fight like Jesus. Fight like Jesus. Now let's look at that... um, Jesus' response in the ring when these Pharisees and religious leaders come up to him and say, okay, reorganize the commandments. And they're trying to trap him. And what he does is he puts all of the commandments into one. Smart guy. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. We read this last week. And with all of your mind, this is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like this. By the way, Jesus is repeating this. The first one, anyways, from Deuteronomy 6. We read that as Moses is revealing what is most important to the Lord. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. He's not saying it's second in order. It's all one commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend what? All the laws and the prophets. He knocked them out by in the way he responded. And so we're going to look at three 
ways Jesus fights. Three ways that Jesus fights that I believe if you begin to implement in your marriage, if you begin to implement with your parenting, implement with those maybe you're leading, maybe you're a school teacher, maybe, maybe, maybe you're a doctor, maybe, maybe you're um, a foreman or something like that. You can implement these rules in when you have conflict. And I promise you will win for your family and that relationship every time if you do it like Jesus, with the heart of Jesus. Number one is he puts relationships before rules. Always. Jesus, that's where, why there was conflict with the Pharisees. He puts relationships above rules. Why? Relationships matter so much so that God loved us and wanted us to be in relationship. And even though we were stained with sin and separated from God, he loved us so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to, to save us. Why? So we can be in an eternal relationship with God the Father. It's what he designed from the very beginning, and it's what he redeemed through his son, Jesus, and it's what's going to happen when we leave this earth, that God the Father, through his son, Jesus, when we have Jesus, we are going to live with him in relationship forevermore. That's good news. That's good news. That's why God the Father values relationship over rules. I didn't say he doesn't value rules. I said he values relationships over rules. Why? Rules without relationship is a dictatorship. Rules without relationship is do what I say and I don't care. Just do it because I have the title, I have the authority, and I have the ability to tell you what to do. Out of the context of relationship, it's enforcing rules, but not engaging the heart. That's what the Pharisees did. That is not Jesus' MO. Relationships without rules, however, creates absolute free-for-all chaos. You have a relationship, but there's no structure. So guess what? Because I love you, I'm just going to let you do whatever you want. That's not real relationship. Because if we really love and care for someone, we're going to care about who they become and their well-being. Relationship without rules destroys by chaos. And rules without relationship divide by legalism. You engage their hearts, so you're in relationship, you engage their hearts, but you don't value each other enough to guard their hearts. You're in relationship, but you don't value the rules. Proverbs 25 says this, a man without self-control is like a city broken into uh, left without walls. It's like a city without walls. I have relationship with my kids, but there are no rules because I love them. And our culture is getting more and more and more like this to where everyone's offended about everything now, right? It's because we're throwing, we're throwing relationship out, of, out, out the window and we're throwing rules out the window. And in order to have relationship, you need to show them that you love them. And in order to show them that you love them, you need to forget the rules and just let the kids be adults. Thank you. I was waiting for that. When Jesus was in a fight... 
He never ever fought to be right. He never fought to win. He fought for the heart relationship. I just want to take a quick time out here. I think this is why many avoid church at all costs because we don't like, especially out of a relationship, outside of a relationship, we don't like to be told what to do. Don't tell me what to do. Who do you think you are? Right? If we don't like being told what to do in our relationship, can you imagine how we react when we're told what to do outside of relationship? Get away from me. And so often this is what happens with people in church. They don't ever visit the church doors anymore. They avoid it like the plague because in the past they've been been experiencing church by being judged, condemned, and told what to do in order to be loved by God. Who wants that? God doesn't even want that. And some of you are running away from God right now because of that very fact that in order to follow God, you have to adopt his system of rules. But here's where it gets good. Jesus didn't fight for rules. He fought for your heart. He fought for relationship. So when there is relationship in your family and with the Lord, when there is a relationship built on love, trust, and support, we begin to open ourselves up and we begin to invest in those we value and love the most. It works itself out, y'all. Rules will work itself out when you have a healthy relationship built in truth, trust, and love. It will work itself out. Yes, you gotta work it out. Yes, you gotta stand your ground, but relationship needs to be the most important thing. You see, your kids, when they know that they have the trust and the love and the full attention of their parents, they begin to be willing for you to counsel them. Mom and dad, how cool is it, mom, when your daughter runs to you as a teenager when she has a problem? That says that she has given you permission to influence her because she values your relationship. We're willing to be counseled and challenged and even corrected. Why? Because we are cared for, we are comforted with, and we are carried by the other person. People don't care what you know until they know how much you care. Mom and dad, fellow Christian brothers and sisters, relationship is everything. And so Jesus is saying this, the most important thing that matters in who you become is who you are in relationship with. That's what Jesus fights for. So parents, do you tend to correct and lay down the rules and challenge them rather than showing them that relationship is most important? If you asked your kids on any given week where the pendulum swings from rules to relationship, where would they measure that? In your marriage and other relationships, where would you measure that? 
Jesus put relationships above rules. Secondly, Jesus put others before himself. That's how he fights. Philippians 2, this is my, one of my favorite scriptures. It says, have this mind among yourselves, talking to us about how we fight. I'm going to read the first half in just a minute. This is the second half. Have the mind of Christ for yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, God incarnate, Christ the Son, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But what did he do? He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men through Mother Mary, and being found in human form, he, say that word, humble. Can you say it again? Humble. Everyone now, humble. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. He put others before himself. He removed his needs and wants from the equation. Do you see that in that passage? He removed his needs, his wants, his preferences, even what he deserved. And he served the needs and the wants of others, and he sacrificed everything, even laying down his life. When we fight like Jesus, we love one another as he loves us. That is when the gloves come off. And real relationships and real families start to win. Can I get an amen on that? He puts others before himself. And he tells us this in Philippians 2, 3 through 5. So this is before what I just read. He tells this to us. Do nothing from selfish ambition and conceit. Nothing but in humility, there's that word, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his or her own interests, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. We are called to put others before ourselves, to serve others, and to lay down everything for the sake of our family. Jesus put relationships before rules, and Jesus put others before himself. And lastly, Jesus did not fight with anyone. Jesus fought for everyone. It is a one-word difference that will change the trajectory of your family. Are you fighting with your family? Or are you fighting for your family? Fighting with your family will always result with fighting over rules. Fighting for your family will always result in fighting for the heart. Mom and dad, what one are you fighting? What fight are you fighting? Are you fighting with over rules? Wants, needs, preferences, or are you fighting for the heart? Because that is how Jesus always fought. 
You see, when we fight with people, watch this slide, when we fight with people, we are saying to our kids, I want you to lose. That's what we're saying with our spouse when we're fighting over rules and we're fighting with each other. When I fight with Lauren, I am telling her that I want to win and she is going to lose. There is no relationship benefits there at all. It's just called a couch in the living room for Phil. <laughs> right? But when I fight for my wife, I don't want anyone to lose. When I fight for my family, I don't want my kid and my son Joseph, I love you buddy, I don't want him to lose. I want him to win, and I want our family to win. If I'm fighting for you, I want you to win. We may disagree, we may not see eye to eye, but at the end of the day, I'm going to prioritize relationship over rules because I love you, and ultimately, I have your best at heart in who I see you becoming. That's your role, mom and dad. You see, the very people that are fighting with Jesus are planning to prepare to kill Jesus. The people who are in the ring with Jesus are the ones that are going to kill Jesus. And what does Jesus do? Does he fight with them? Does he stand up to defend himself? Does he stand up and call out the angels of heaven to come and deliver him? No. As his arms are stretched wide, nailed on the cross, blood running down his body, feet nailed to the cross, he looks down at the religious leaders and looks down at you and me and says, I am fighting for you. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Mom and Dad, if we can have that mentality of fighting for our kids, for what really matters, not the things that this earth provides, but what matters most is relationship with Jesus Christ. And that relationship reflects in your relationship with your kids. So important. And so this is the message of the cross to us, mom and dad, to us teens, to us adults. Here's the message of the cross. The very thing you're doing to me is what I'm going to use, if you so allow me to, to win you back in relationship with the Father. The heart of the message of Jesus is I'm not going to fight with you. I am fighting for you. He wants you to fight for your families. Value your family. Protect your family. Care for them, putting relationships and their hearts above rules. Explain the rules. Talk about it, process it, listen to their hearts. Model the rules, live them out, and fight for your family like Jesus fought for you. That is when your kids will open up their chest cavity and allow you to influence them and speak into their lives. That's how Jesus fought. He put relationships above rules. He puts others before himself, and he fights for people, not with. Winning the fight for your children 
and for your family is all about winning in God-centered, Christ-honoring relationships in your home. You want to win as a family? Focus on relationship. Parents, I'm not telling you to just be their friend and be a red carpet that they just walk all over. That's not what the Bible says. But when you value relationship over rules, everything else begins to align itself. And so as the band comes up, I want to focus on our family challenge as we close out. So just take a minute with me. Could you close your eyes real quick? I just want you to try to grab a hold of one point, one phrase, one thought, one theme that stuck out to you that God the Father is putting right in front of your vision right now. Holy Spirit, just move. Have your way. One thing that just has stuck out in this last 30, 30 some minutes. What is God speaking to your heart? What is God speaking? So we're going to look at Family Matters Challenge number one. Here's what we are going to challenge all of us families this week. Number one is we need, we need to break the patterns that we have set that show our kids and their kids that rules matter more than relationship. What we model to our kids tells them what is most important. So let me do a reality check that I have had to do, and I shared this with Lauren this morning. This has really hit me right between the eyes. Life is busy. You're busy, I'm busy. Let's not compare schedules because they're crazy busy. And you're running around with kids to every event and commitment to commitment. And what so often happens is this. The majority of your conversation and communication with your kids, is everyone listening, please? I'm almost, I'm almost done. The majority of your communication and conversation with your kids is over discipline. Let that sink in. I would venture to say 80% of our conversation with our kids is over discipline. Put that down. Get on your clothes. Come on, we're running late. Come on, do this, do that. Why aren't you listening to me? Stop hitting your brother. Stop hitting your sister. Right? Would you just listen? Stop that. Why are you treating me like that? And all of a sudden, if the majority of our communication with our kids is over discipline, what do you think they think is most important? Rules and what they're doing wrong. How does that work for your relationship in the future? Who wants to be in a relationship with someone who thinks the majority of the time they're wrong? We've got to break the pattern. So parents, do me a favor, do yourself a favor, and do your kids a favor. Take an inventory this week. Take a date night. Take your family time and go through and take an inventory. Where's our communication at most of the time? This week, when we were talking with the kids, was it speaking love and value and laughing and hugging and playing and just getting to know their lives and get to know them and just be a family? Or is it over what they're supposed to be doing or not doing? We gotta break the pattern. 
Number two, we got to create a rhythm. You have to create, if this is important to you, you have to create a rhythm. You have to create unstructured time to just be with your family. That means cell phone off, cell phone away. Music, media, TV off, and you're with your family. And the last challenge is this. Cover your family in prayer. I saved this to last because I think it's the most important. And we're going to go into a time of worship right now. And I would challenge every mom and dad, grandparent, to enter into an attitude of prayer. Prayer changes things. How many of you would confidently say they have experienced prayer change things? Look all over the room. If we see that prayer changes things, why aren't we covering our family in prayer? That should be the first thing we do to fight for our families. And I wanna challenge every parent, mom and dad, grandparent, teens, young adults, if you need to realign how you're fighting for your family during this time of worship, I just want you to get out of your seat and just come forward and just pray. We're not going to pray for you or with you. We're just going to let you have time between you and God. But we have to get this right. Time is running out. Father, all over the place, God, you're speaking to hearts, and I pray that you would remove every single human word that has come out of my mouth that is not from your spirit. Remove it from their hearts. Remove it from their minds. Remove it from their ears in Jesus' name. Keep exactly what you're speaking to their hearts right now. You want their family to win. And the families begin to win when mom and dad enter into a relationship with you, Jesus. Relationship with you is the only way we can allow our families to win. We trust you, Father. Now take this time and make it yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our weekly podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.